You're listening to Borderline Idealist. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday for new episodes where we focus on introverts, highly sensitive people, and mental health. Log on to BorderlineIdealist.com for past episodes, blog posts, and to find ways to support us. Together, we can give a voice to introverts and tear down mental health stigma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Borderline Idealist. This is AJ, the INFP. And I'm Christian, the INFJ. And uh, we have a guest with us today. It's my brother. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Isa. I am uh, ISFJ. Yes, Ooh. yeah, he, he has the <laughs> yeah. S in there. So... Our topic for today is feelings in a cold world. So this this basically came about when I was watching the news, which nobody should ever do if you have feelings, because they will be hurt. <laughs> uh, I was watching uh, the Kavanaugh hearing, and after seeing him lie multiple times, and you know saying he doesn't know what certain things are or or whatever. Just to see that he's getting confirmed, you know, I was kind of freaking out to Chris, uh, saying, "How? Why? Why do evil people always win? <laughs> why does it always seem like you know Donald Trump's always win?" Yeah, it was more of a a breakdown filled with anxiety. It feels like we have a a president that is very negative and is a big a bully, and if you're I think if you're an introvert or somebody that has that feeling part of you or the, the emotions, it kind of makes you wonder what are all those people doing cheering in back of him? I don't want to get too political, but yeah. you know, what are those, what are those feelings that you get? You know, it's, it's been, it's been two years. It doesn't feel like it's been two years, but <laughs> it's been a wild ride. And, you know, just like you said, you know, when they have the rallies and stuff and, whatnot you have the people behind him cheering and i guess the one token black guy in the back and they're like hey this is my black guy you know it's, <laughs> african americans uh, from uh, yeah, Trump. this is my african-american but you know it it does kind of feel a bit strange you know it's, it's it really does feel like you know everything it's like there's an there's an evilness about it <laughs> you know they're, they're acting like they're trying to do good but it's not it, you can't see it like that but you know everybody's a snowflake and blah 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 so yeah uh. <laughs> well that's that's one of yeah. the things too snowflake is something that republicans use when uh or or people use to say that you're too sensitive which is something i i'm used to hearing you're too sensitive you know but what's wrong with that what's wrong with being sensitive what's wrong with having emotions what's wrong with having feelings we can't all be you know hiding those and then go home and 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 cry isn't it okay to to cry in public just like it should be okay to talk about well i think people use that that term snowflake because they don't want to validate those feelings Hmm. you know they just want to make their point and uh if they validate them, then they're going to have to stop and think about what they're saying and how it's affecting other people. So it's a way to get around that, I feel. And I feel like, uh, I guess, it, it really does come from the conservative side. And again, I'm not trying to be really political, but it does come from the politi- the conservative side because I think conservatives see themselves as, quote-unquote, manly, manly people or whatever, the Christian type, and, you know, they... And victims. And, yeah, and victims, you know. 
But, you know, you think about snowflakes and how they think, oh, you guys are so sensitive. Just think about the first five minutes of Kavanaugh's opening where he just <laughs> bawling out, crying <laughs> yeah. and all this other stuff. And then Lindsey Graham, like, this guy's a great one. And you're like, wow, yeah. what is whole, going on? The whole time that, I, that, that is specific uh, parts that you're talking about, that just harkened back to the 2016 election. Mm-hmm. And how they were portraying, or a lot of people were saying that we can't have women as presidents because they're going to be too emotional and they're going to make emotional yeah. decisions. And whenever they on their period, who knows what what they're going to do or well, say? Imagine if uh, Doctor Ford, when she was giving her testimony, was I mean, she was emotional, but she was very much more reserved than Kavanaugh. Uh, she was able to get across, you know, that she didn't want to be there. She did have some fear, some anxiety, and I could I could hear it in her voice, and I could see it, but she was not, you know, going going crazy with it. So there's just something about showing emotions in public uh, that we just don't like to do, and especially, you know, for for men, you're not supposed to do it, and for women. You know they're expected to do it so they have to think more about it and be like i can't be too emotional you know and when men do it it's just like oh they're angry they're enraged they're but a woman you know well it's funny it's funny because with women they're sort of expected to be that emotional but at the same time when they do when they are emotional then they get chastised for it they're like oh she's just a woman being a woman being overly dramatic or overly emotional it's like that and then even when it's translated to men as well where people would talk about you want to be you want to be sensitive enough to to handle certain things but at the same time you can't show that all the time or when you do show it then you get criticized for it and Mm -hmm. i remember you talking about that with relating to your work Mm -hmm. and you would come home and Often, and you said that sometimes people were telling you to be to stop being so sensitive and not take things so seriously. Yes, I, I had a uh, a guy at work that would pull me aside and be like, "Never let them see you sweat. Never let them see you get you know if you if you're feeling something, go somewhere else and 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 let it out. But don't let them see it because you know I'm not a human or anything. <laughs> so you know don't let them see. But he was the main one that would get angry or enraged if somebody did something you know you can't he, he was you can't you can't hold in your emotions they are there and if you try to hold them in it only does internal damage to yourself well that's funny you, you say that because that kind of makes me think that viewing at how things are now i feel like it's more accepted in society to feel anger and rage and those negative emotions then it could then it would be for the opposite end where you feel more uh, sensitive and you want to cry or you want to show vulnerability because in that I want to move past the hearings the Kavanaugh hearings but it does take me back to them because the Republicans use that emotion that Kavanaugh was showing which was anger and rage as a point of validation mm-hmm. whereas to then other conservatives people used Dr. Ford's emotions as just theatrics that she wasn't. She was just uh, adding to the story, making embellishing. people feel embellishing yeah. and make people feel a democratic pawn, right? <laughs> By and the it, Clintons. So <laughs> it's funny that um, you know, and we kind of see that reflected throughout society, where uh, if somebody's in, typically is a man, you know, showing rage or these negative emotions, is more accepted, and it's also um, that it's just more accepted. 
Whereas to if you're crying uh, and or telling someone that you're what they're saying is making you feel bad or it's uh, affecting you negatively, then you get looked down on because that affects you that way. Mm. When you know really we don't really have a lot of control as to how things affect us emotionally. Well, I feel also it's as men it's it's kind of looked down upon for men to have any kind of emotion period especially uh in like the black community or stuff like that you know it's if you're a young black male growing up you better not cry when somebody fights you you better Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. cry when somebody dies you got to have that stern Mm -hmm. strength or that sternness about you and whatnot you can't show your emotions if somebody fights you you have to fight them back you know you stand up for yourself you can't like tears you got to hold them back and everything and sometimes those tears that sadness comes out as a different emotion like anger yeah you know you might be really sad about something but you know your dad or your mom told you boys don't cry or you blah 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 and that turns into anger and that turns into something that evolved in something more negative down the road or it can manifest itself as you know substance abuse Mm -hmm. or just in so many other ways it's just important to get those emotions out Mm -hmm. and it's similar to in i feel the hispanic culture as well i'm not sure if there's been any images but so yeah ajani is black and his brother is black and i'm mexican <gasps> i <Yeah>. am <laughs> i'm mixed so i'm, I'm mexican and but i have glasses black as well. <laughs> in case you can't tell by our voices <laughs> uh, but it's very similar i remember growing up in mexican culture i remember as a child that my mom would tell me not to cry and uh, boys don't cry and you got to be strong. And then as I was growing up, I also remember those same um, words when I would get when I would cry or something. And, you know, they would tell me, what are you, a girl or something? Mm. And, you, you know, you don't really think about those type of things. And maybe even yourself as an individual, you didn't think about it. But as you're older and you reflect back, you kind of... Um, you can see the effect that it has on you and maybe why you're afraid or you don't show the emotions that you want to because it's sort of been taught or ingrained in you that some emotions are not valid to show outwardly. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were talking about anger, it reminded me of a quote. I can't remember who said it, but ang- uh, I think it says, anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've uh, heard that. Yeah, I just always thought that was interesting. and. We just want to say that it is it's it's definitely important to get your emotions out there and whatever you're feeling right now it is important. If you want to cry, cry. And it's valid. Yes, mm-hmm. it is, and I think that's what you know. The previous generation was I, I I believe sort of taught to keep their emotions to themselves. You know, we need to change that. We need to get those emotions out there. Now, uh, I have I have borderline personality disorder which means my emotions can be kind of extreme sometimes. So I, you know, I, you want to get them out in a healthy way, but you don't want to, you know, take your anger out in a violent way. But if you're angry, you know, I, I, there's, no, there's no reason that you shouldn't feel that anger, you know? And if that anger makes you cry, if you want to punch a pillow a couple of times, let it out. But if you hold it in, it, it's only just going to build up and after a while it's going to come out in a very negative way so and oftentimes 
possibly release you end up releasing that anger on someone who you don't even intend to it could be as completely innocent bystander so i definitely think i agree with mm. with that statement that you have to let the emotions come through come inside you or come out of you let them pass through your body and then take a breath and then move on <laughs> move on with your life i guess oh, um, put it into put it in this example i'm a i'm a black guy i'm big <laughs> you know <laughs> just uh, got dreadlocks and everything it's not somebody i don't have the persona as somebody who would cry however i mean i will i will shed a tear for like some uh, sensitive stuff because i'm a very sensitive kind of person like um i guess one of the examples is uh the movie inside out uh, uh you know you know when uh you know, spoiler alert when, <laughs> when bing bong died man oh. you know bing bong disappeared and and joy was going away and he was singing the song i was in the movie theater and i was just bawling out crying it it touched me in my heart and i was i was fine with it i was just there's some guys sitting around some other guys were crying too i was like it's, it's all right man it's, it's all right it's all right <laughs> but yeah it's, it's okay to cry i mean i, I sometimes i do it i i, I cry sometimes yeah, but yeah. you know it's, it's it's good to get the emotions out because if you don't they do get bottled up and they show on the outside they show as wrinkles as gray hairs or you know just just personality people can look at you and see something's wrong and if you're like nothing 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 and you can't express that it's kind of like you're you're trapped in your own world talking to a wall and hoping the wall gives you advice and it's mm-hmm. it's not it's not nothing's going to happen you're just having a one-way conversation so how yeah. how do you how, how do you express your emotions what's a what's a healthy way that you express your emotions i like well me, I, I like to play games, so I'll play like Grand Theft Auto. Like, and a lot of people get that. You know, go with Grand Theft Auto and go around the town, call some mayhem. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> Steal people's cars. Steal people's cars. <laughs> <laughs> call some mayhem for about ten or twenty minutes. Or I, I actually like to play music, compose. I'll get on the piano or mm. do something like that, and I'll compose. He's a very talented player. Mm-hmm. I, I, thank you. <laughs> I dabble in the arts, so I, I'll go on and I'll play some music or, or do what I can. You know, because I. It, it takes my mind off of what I'm thinking about there. It helps com- kind of deal with it. Sometimes it helps me write. Uh, if I'm feeling sad, sometimes I get on the piano and I just start playing and I'm like, oh, I like that. Wow. And it changes my whole mindset because no longer am I really sad, but it kind of brought up a, a joy of creating something. So it's like I to deal with it, I like to create something. Yeah. So, you know. I, I feel the same way. I, I write poetry and short stories, but really poetry is my way of getting my emotions out. I write at least one poem a day uh, if I'm not revising my, my poetry. I have so many poetry books, it's insane. And Be on the lookout for a poetry books. And- coming to <laughs> you in 2019. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, being, being creative is, is very important to me. So I'll write a, a story uh, to get that out or... Uh, you also- uh, draw you've mm-hmm. been doing a lot of or that. i will i like to make up songs also so i'll uh just sing random songs or record random songs i have a bunch of those too just being creative for great ways to get it out oh buy my cd 2019 <laughs> okay chris uh, how do you let out your your uh your emotions in a positive way, constructive, positive way. Similar to you guys, I feel like the arts have been a great tool to get through some of these things. I 
I know I haven't been doing that a lot lately. The best times of my life, I feel like, are the college years. <laughs> I'm sure as it is with many. <laughs> because you actually take that time, especially if you're an art major, you allow yourself that time to, to connect with yourself and to uh, work through a lot of issues or things that you've been sort of keeping to yourself. That was definitely the case for me. Lately, I haven't really been doing that, so I, I do need to, I guess, I'll give myself that time. And it can be it can be hard because you know school or if you're still in school and working, or if you're just like myself where you're just working, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and you know you come home and you have to cook or you have to clean or you have to do this or that, help your husband make a podcast or a video. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm the bad so, guy. <laughs> it, you know it's it's hard to make time for yourself, but I, I do believe we need to try and uh, do that for ourselves because it. It does affect your personality. So if I don't do that, for example, and Ajani may have noticed it, that sometimes I could be a little bit more shorter with my temperament or my patience. I've always been, since growing up, I've always been told that I'm so patient and so kind and this and that. <laughs> and, uh, and I feel like that, that is true. It's part of who I am. But when you don't allow yourself to feel the things that you need to or express yourself as well, those things um, can take a toll. And so maybe that will end up affecting you um, in negative ways, things, ways that you don't expect. So for me, it could be just being shorter temperament or less patient. So uh, I probably do, I, I do enjoy drawing a lot. I haven't done that off much since college, but also, I feel like it's because of my my work. I have to be, I'm a graphic designer, so I do have to be creative at work, solve, solving problems or making designs for other people. So when I come home, oftentimes also, I'm just tired of doing stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't want to be creative at home. Yeah. Um, so it's I have to find another outlet. But And I feel like this is actually maybe a really good step and creating something we've all just right now talked about how creating actually the process of making something from nothing um has a really positive impact on us and i feel like that's the case for with a lot of people so i'm really hopeful and i'm really excited about this podcast moving forward i feel like it'll be good for ajani and i yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy getting this stuff out. One one topic I did want to hit, you know, with the feelings in a in a cold dark world, uh, Isan uh, Isan and I were talking about this earlier. As as introverts, we kind of feel like we don't belong on this earth, or we don't belong in this this world. And you said something interesting about uh, extroverts and how they kind of make you feel. Oh yeah, so just so as an introvert. Um... Introverts are not, first of all, they're not antisocial. There's, this is, introverts are not antisocial. As just, you see right now, we're very social. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I feel that introverts kind of get, in a sense, adopted by extroverts. Um, <laughs> extroverted people like to have friends. Mm -hmm. And some are very open to having a, a variety of friends. So they might become your friend and stuff like that. And you feel like that person's really close to you and whatnot. And they, for a sense, adopt you. So, you know, and you kind of follow around with that person and do all that. It's kind of like being at a party and you have <laughs> one friend there and you're like, you're following that friend around with that friend's like, hey, I'm going to get some punch. I'll be right back. 
and you just kind of sit there and you're like, well, let's see how, let's see what's going on in my phone. Oh my gosh, so, that is my entire life. I know. God forbid your phone doesn't have a charge and you're like, I, oh, oh God, what but, do I look at? Yeah, I mean, I, introverts can find a way to extrovert themselves to a point where people think they're extroverted. And I think it's, it's mm. similar to, it's similar to you being a very nice person, doing what you're told, following the golden rule and saying, hey, oh wow, you're a really good Christian young man. And you're like, I'm not Christian. <laughs> you, know, I'm, you know, I'm just a normal, you know, I'm just, I'm just here, you know, well, but you people, should be, but, but people, ass- the word. Yeah. <laughs> but like people assume that you are uh, Christian because of your, your personality or whatever. Um, just like people assume you're extroverted because you're out there talking to these people and having a good time and seem like you like being around a lot of people, but it blows their mind that you're an introvert. And they're like, that's, mm-hmm. that's weird. How are you an introvert? You're over there having a good old time with 20 people. But you know, you, you would rather, rather be at home, maybe trying to chilling out or something like that. Or, you know, kind of being to yourself to recharge from being around a bunch of people. Yeah. You know? when, I, when I would uh, go to work, I would be around a bunch of people and and talk to them and have fun but when you know they were talking about going to clubs and hanging out i'm like nope i'm going home <laughs> i just i just did my socializing for right. the day i'm gonna go home now and they're like what do you do at home what do you, what what's your your favorite thing to do i'm like oh i like to you know just sit around and write poetry and they just look at me like oh that's so sad oh my god i'm like yeah it's sad well bye you know like it for some people that's that's heaven like i love being by myself or i love just being with chris and just taking that time to be alone and there are uh, I, I did talk to one extroverted guy before and I, I told him that i like being by myself and he was just like oh that's that's kind of odd because you know i feel more recharged when i'm around a bunch of people i hate being alone and I'm thinking to myself, dang, what if I hated being alone? That's that just seems kind of odd. Like, do you not like yourself? <laughs> but I think you know they just like maybe just having that validation from other people, or you know, clubs just aren't my thing. You know, people. I I, I like being social, but up into a point. Like if I'm hanging out with Chris's friends. You know, I may tug on his shirt and be like, all right, time to time to roll on out. You know. You know, or if I if I'm you know I remember when I was first meeting his friends I was very shy and now I'm I'm very open with them so it just it, it takes some time but you just you need to go home and recharge your battery and sometimes people don't understand that so like Isa uh, Isa said they'll look at you and be like what I thought I thought you were this way but you're you're not okay well no. you know they're doing like a thousand other things and they'll kind of forget about you and you'll be like mm-hmm. i'm okay with that <laughs> i'm okay with you forgetting about it's me like, it's, fine. it's like you want to be alone but you want to have the prospect of somebody inviting you out <laughs> but you also want to have the other prospect they're denying them and saying no i don't want to go out oh. you know and it's it's <laughs> the, the best thing about my my best friend and i is that we we talk on the phone maybe like once or twice a month and that's about that's good for us and we'll see each other like like once a month the once every two months or something and that's enough for us we still have a great relationship but i i wouldn't want to hang out like all the time like i just like being by myself <laughs> earlier you, you were talking about it's all about you know we've been talking about <laughs> the struggle of being an introvert and socializing without also having our extroverted friends not feel bad we don't want to hurt you know of course we always want to treat people um well and we want to make them as happy as we can right 
and so it, it, it is a struggle and I've, uh, and I've um, felt that in my own personal life with <laughs> that I, I think that it's a great analogy what you said about your extroverted friends adopting you because I've always felt like that like I've never ever felt a part of a group mm. and that may be to a lot of different um, things about my life about us moving a lot and me being uh, a minority everywhere I went pretty much so that may have something to, that may have impacted but I feel like also my introverted ways added to that if not already um, if, if it wasn't already there that I never felt as part of a group I always did have friends in each like <laughs> clique I guess you can say with like a little bit of the goth people or or the che- a few cheerleaders or <laughs> or in the nerds table I, well I have always identified with nerds a little bit more I think it's just because we were kind of always we were also on the spectrum of introvertedness and and wanting to do best um be best but I remember in college that was the worst because people wanted to socialize and I, uh, I wanted to be part of a group and I wanted felt like I belong somewhere and so I, it was really stressful and then when I came out I was I was so lucky enough to have found uh, a friend um, who's who turned out to be a really great friend, one of my best friends, and she was also introverted and very quiet and to herself. And when we first met, we just sort of clicked, we gravitated towards each other immediately, and we just uh, picked up from there and went forward. And so she helped a lot with getting out of our bubble because we were sort of help each other uh, through those awkward moments where we were like, oh, we got to go out because we're not going to meet anybody if we're not out somewhere. <laughs> and and we, in order to find another gay person, we have to leave our small town, <laughs> pretty much, because the only other gay or people... Or find another meet... person, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so we, would, we were like, oh, we, we got to go out. Where, where do gay people hang out? Well, well at the clubs. Okay, well... The clubs aren't really for us, but let's go out. Maybe we'll meet someone. <laughs> <laughs> and and it was funny because we would go out and we we would always just be around each other. We were like, you know, glued to each other at the hip. And so we're like, why isn't nobody approaching us? Like, we're cute. We're, you know, we're like, are you cute? Yeah, you're cute. <laughs> Am I cute? Yeah, you're cute. Um, Validation. So, <laughs> so we're like, but why isn't people approaching us? And then one time, I remember we actually asked this um, these other people that we actually started a conversation, and we're like, so we're having this problem where people aren't approaching us. You're like, do you guys know why? Is it like, are we putting off a certain vibe or something? And they turned to us and they're like, well, we thought you guys were a couple because <laughs> you arrived together and you're dancing together and you just never bought, leave each other's side. We're like, wow, we did not even see that. <laughs> so, and we actually got that a lot from a lot of people when we would start striking a conversation. We're like, you know, well, he's, she's gay and I'm gay. And we're like, oh, we thought we, you guys were just a straight couple coming to hang out at a gay club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're like, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> so that was really hard as an introvert and 
and someone of this side of the personality traits to go out, step out of your comfort zone and try to meet people and, and just be out there with getting past that roadblock that we sort of have for each other. So if you find someone who I, I feel like we're, I'm very fortunate because I was able to find her, but also with my other friends who are extroverts, they sort of accept me for who I am. If I want to go out, they're really super excited. If I don't feel like going now, they're like, okay, well, next time, man. <laughs> and I feel like that's, for people like us, that's all we can hope for is, um, you know, to find those type of friendships. And if people get mad or upset because we don't want to go out, then that's too bad, you know? <laughs> I feel like being in the, the world that we are right now and, and feeling like we do is important for introverts to stick together. It is important for us to feed off of one one another and like Chris said, you know, when, when we find someone that is like us, let's go out with, with them and uh, let's see if some, some extroverts will adopt us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this has been a very fun conversation and I hope we get to have many more. Chris, of course, I want to thank you. Esau, thank you for, for being on this first podcast, and mm. we're definitely going to have you back for another one. Yeah. If you have us. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We, we demand it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to all our friends, we want to wish you mad love. Thank you so much for listening. And, and if, for feeling with us. Yes, and for <laughs> feeling those feelings. And if you'll uh, stay tuned, we'll be telling you the next topic for uh, next Sunday. So we'll see you on the flip side. If you love listening to the show, why not support our cause? We ask for a dollar a month to help grow our website and reach more people. If you feel like what we do is important and makes a difference, we ask that you stop by borderlineidealist.com and click on the Patreon link in the menu. Thank you as always for listening, sharing, and inspiring us to do bigger and better things. Next Sunday, we'll be talking about misunderstood interactions. Sometimes as an introvert, people can misunderstand your need to be alone, or take what you say as being standoffish, even see it as aloofness. Join us when we discuss this topic. Will you be here next Sunday? I'm going to take that quiet nod as it definitely. Gosh, you're so aloof. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Follow us on our Facebook group and Instagram for more behind the scenes. If you like the episode, why not help AJ and Chris reach more people and leave an iTunes review to help others discover the podcast. Together, we can defeat mental health stigma.